0: We get started with our speaker, will be Mr. Frank this morning. Uh, First of all, uh, thank you to uh, to you all for coming down to Walterboro this last Sabbath. Said uh, the note, we have a thank you note from the congregation there. It was so inspiring to see such a wonderful. This is not talking about the same group, is it? (laughs) Maybe they had a different group the previous week. No, just say actually, it was so inspiring to see such a wonderful group of young adults who were so friendly and greeted everyone with a big smile. Uh, we know you're a wonderful group until we get to know you better. No, that's, 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 that's actually, I added that That wasn't part of it. No, they were very appreciative of you all coming down and, uh, and spending the Sabbath with them, so uh, that's, that's on, on their uh, behalf. Uh, this reminder about uh, this uh, Friday evening, we do have a regular Sabbath dinner. Uh, please plan to arrive a few minutes before 6 p.m., this week's hosts are Jeffrey Ruddleston and Emily Crockett, and we do have Dr. Winnell coming, Dr. Douglas Winnell coming this Friday evening. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Dumas, who were scheduled to be there, are not going to be able to be there, so we'll we'll go ahead and have um, have a replacement for them. But do want to let you let you know that uh, there's a note here from uh, from actually from Church Administration and from. Um, uh, uh, those who are setting up for next week. We do we have a of, Council of Elders meeting scheduled for next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, which means that this room will be impacted as well as the, the conference room downstairs. So here's, here's the announcement uh, to everybody, including all of you. who would like to request your help next week during the Council of Elders meetings. Both the upstairs and downstairs kitchens will be in use during those dates. So a refrigerator. Excuse me, in the upstairs kitchen will have a sign marked reserved for Council of Elders food. Please do not place food items, and items in that fridge. Of course, they have really good stuff, so if you want to sneak in and get <laughs> some, not really, no, I really don't. That won't be the case. But, so please, when you see the Council of Elders refrigerator, um, don't put your own foot in there. They need that to prepare for the, for the meals that will be here. The upstairs kitchen will not be available Monday through Wednesday from 1130 a.m. until 3 p.m. So there'll be the, the the kitchen as well as this room actually uh, will be closed off Monday through through Wednesday during the lunch times basically so just be prepared to uh, to use another area for for, for lunch. It uh, says we also request staff not to go into the conference room where the council of elders are meet mi- will be meetings will be held. Please try to limit noise outside the conference room during the meetings as well. Okay, uh, music program from. Uh, Ms. Ross, lessons are well underway and have been going well so far. If you have not had your first lesson yet but have had previous experience taking lessons, please bring any method books or prepared pieces you may have to your first lesson. If you have never taken music lessons before, you don't need to bring anything with you. Talk to Rebecca if you have, have questions or need to reschedule your lesson. And there's a reminder, for an outreach activity, we have for Thursday evening, November 15th from 5.30 to 9 p.m. We'll be volunteering at a food bank. More details will be coming, but we want to remind you about this activity for planning purposes. Uh, We are also in the middle of getting uh, everything all set to to, uh, announce applications that are being accepted for next year. So if you know somebody back home or you know somebody who uh, would be interested in coming, uh, now's the time to talk with them because we're going to go ahead and, and open applications probably the middle of November. And accept applications up to the end of February, but this way people can be able to make plans, prepare whatever else is happening in their life in plenty of time. But um, I would say again, you know, when we hit that that 14 mark, we're we're really full. Um, we don't. So I would say anybody. What we're going to do is go ahead and accept applications. Those who apply first get first dibs, and if the application is all in order, we'll go ahead and accept. Um, you know, if, as we go forward, if we don't have a, a full complement after that deadline. We would certainly consider others who come, but, I mean, uh, you know, again, we're, it will be, in a sense, uh, first come, first serve, as far as those who will get priority, even for jobs and that type of thing, again, for the, those who, are, who apply first will get, uh, you know, first uh, shot at the, at the jobs and all. So, I'd say encourage those you know who might be interested, you know, encourage them to go ahead and apply early and, and, and get prepared to go ahead and, uh, and come, that way they can all have everything all set. But that will be happening really shortly, in a couple of weeks. Um, The other thing I just wanted to mention uh, before we get started, Mr. Frank, is is this. Look, if you have not um, experienced some challenge this year in terms of thinking or functioning a little bit differently, then you aren't immersed enough in the program, okay? In other words, as we go along forward, there will be things that you should bump into that will challenge you in terms of your, um, perhaps your daily habits where you're going to have to Perhaps go to bed a little bit earlier, or get up a little bit earlier, or you may have to spend more time in the books than you expected, or you may have to make a change in one way or another. If you have not, if you have not come up against something that is forcing you to revamp your, your life and your day a little bit, then um, I would be surprised. So, so when that comes, don't, you know, it, 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 step back and say, okay, maybe this will not be my life forever. Maybe this will not be what I'm, a, what, I, what I'm accustomed to or what I would like to, the way I would like to do it or how I would like to do it when I get back home or when I live my own life. But for now, please please step back and say, okay, I'm going to do my best to fit in, this, in, in the program. Um, because I think as the year goes on, there will be one way or another that you'll be, that you'll be challenged that will push you outside your comfort zone. Um, expect it. Be prepared for it. Embrace it. Love it. Enjoy it. Savor it, endure it, whatever it takes, (laughs) and and it will make the experience that much more powerful as, uh, as you go throughout the year. Okay, with that, please help me welcome Mr. Frank for the assembly message.
1: Good morning, everybody. ago, I was intrigued by a survey I read about, and it was conducted by Barna Research on behalf of the American Bible Society. It concerned the Bible reading habits of young people, in particular teenagers, and it was published, it was in a number of newspapers, this one is uh, from Christian Newswire, here's what it reads, opening paragraph. As Americans' teens, America's teens head back to school and the lazy days of summer officially come to a close, new research released today suggests that the Bible reading suffers from teens when teens lead busy, overscheduled life lives. This was a 2016 study, and here's the methodology they used. It was a nationwide study conducted by American Bible Society Uh, On behalf of Barna Research, part of the Barna Group, online interviews were conducted with over a 1,000 randomly selected teens, ages 13 to 17, in all 50 states. The survey among teens was conducted between May 6 and May 23, 2016. So it was commissioned by the American Society, conducted by Barna, and they found that 86% of American teens view the Bible as sacred literature. Sixty-nine percent own a Bible, a quarter of teens read the Bible at least once a week, and 42 percent hear it read at least once a week. Now that struck me, that the numbers were so high compared to the usual thinking in society about teenagers really not giving spiritual matters a second thought. So here's what Arthur Satterwhite said, who was senior manager of one of their groups in American Bible Society. Quote, American teens sometimes get a bad rap as being uninterested or even anti-faith. And I think this survey, if they all answered faith, uh, truthfully, shows otherwise. That a majority of America's teens have respect for and interest in the Bible. That may be true of our country, not true necessarily in every country of the West. And in addition, the research found that 53% of teens say they wish they read the Bible more. But sometimes they're stumped just how to go about doing that. Unfortunately, some teens are finding it difficult to find time to engage with the Bible. 14% of them said their Bible reading declined this last year. The number one reason given for the decline was being too busy with life's responsibilities. Among the 18% of teens who increased their reading, Bible reading, 55% said they did so because they came to understand Bible reading as an important part of their faith journey. Many teenagers are recognizing that the Bible speaks to the complete human experience, no matter what age of human history you live in it speaks to them their struggles their trials their triumphs of life so this society uh, is developing tools and resources to help teens dive into god's word here are some other findings 50 percent of teens say their parents read the bible frequently or sometimes again i didn't expect such a high figure 54% of teens whose parents read the Bible say the Bible has a lot of influence on rules at home, and an additional 32% say it has some influence. And finally, 52% of teens read the Bible at least once per year, at least part of the Bible, once per year. So, this assembly lecture, based on studies like these and others I've seen, intends to encourage you to read and study the Bible in a regular, structured, planned method. The title of the lecture today is Read the Book. Read the book. And I have taken that from the title of a booklet we published in Worldwide Days, which was a quite a prominent booklet. We have many were distributed. Uh, read the book. I want to give you ideas on how to go about doing this. For those of you taking our several Bible classes. You have been advised by your instructors to use your daily Bible study time, at least in part, to go through and read your books that you're working on. For example, in my two classes, I can say for the Gospels and the Old Testament survey class, you have a lot to read. So I hope that you are reading through them as part of your daily Bible study. But I hope that you will study at other times as well. Because you need to take advantage of your down times, times when you're, you've got some time in your hands, and take advantage of that while you are here to really delve in the Bible. You have two semesters, you've got one shot to get a better grasp with this holy book and take it back home, and in time, share it with your spouse, with your own children when the time comes. Let me read, let's go on to uh, Second Chronicles. There are many different ways to read and study the Bible. You don't have to choose just one. I'm going to give you a sample of some of the more popular ones. And when you do choose a method, you may want to pick only one at a time so you can really focus on it. But if you're doing one type of study, uh, your other studies will grow out of it. Well, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. This is a striking story. Now, in our Old Testament survey class today, for those who are not part of our class, just to let you know, we had seven oral presentations. I assigned the students to pair up, to study a personality or a God, as one of them did, First uh, and Second Kings. So we had six people, one God, and the young people came up forward, and they presented an oral presentation, sometimes with a a video presentation of that personality, or God. And they were excellent. I was very pleased by what they put together. Now, here is one king from Chronicles. He's also talked about in the books of Kings. Chronicles describes Jehoshaphat, and the emphasis from a priestly point of view is, what did he do to reform that nation spiritually? Jehoshaphat, uh, the son of Asa. Asa dies, Jehoshaphat, verse 1, 2 Chronicles 17, reigned in his stead, strengthened himself against Israel. He placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah, set garrisons in the land of Judah, the cities of Ephraim, which Asa's father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David. And as you notice when you read through Kings, how often the kings are compared to the great king David, just like him, and sought not to Baalim. And we heard about the Baalim this morning, but sought to the Lord God. Verse four of his, his father walked in his commandments and not other, the do and not after the doings of Israel. So the nations are at war somewhat, north and south. Verse five. Therefore the Lord established a kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presence, He had riches and honor and abundance. His heart was lifted up, yes, but not puffed up, lifted up in the ways of the eternal. Moreover, he took away the high places, these idolatrous places and groves of of Judah. And also in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, and then we've got the list here, to teach in the cities of Judah. He sends out the princes. Go out to the cities and start teaching the people. (coughs) Who else does he send, verse 8? And with them he sent Levites, and we have their names. And they, verse 9, taught in Judah, and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, went about throughout all the cities of Judah, and taught the people. That was the primary duty of Levites and priests and princes, to teach God's word. And the result, verse 10, The fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah, so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Now that was geopolitical thinking. He turned his nation around spiritually, and God put a hedge around them and protected them. He transformed that society. It's a remarkable study that we find from him. Let's go to Psalm 119. One of the great chapters of the Bible... Let's look at a couple verses here. Psalm 119, starting in verse 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me your statutes. The psalmist writes God, open my mind, teach me. And this is a verse, verse 18, I want to focus in on now, which I think is a key verse to recite and to pray before your daily Bible study. Verse 18, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes so that I can understand the marvelous teachings of the law. That's a good verse to read before you begin your Bible study. Let's go to Acts 17. So during Paul's journeys, which we're going to study more next semester in our uh, Acts and Writings of Paul class, Acts 17, verse 10, Paul leaves Thessalonica, which had given him a hard time. Acts 17, verse 10. The brethren immediately sent Paul away in Silas by night to Berea, who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews. verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind. They were anxious to study, anxious to read. And they searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Look at the positive approach they took. Not whether they were not so, but whether they were so. They gave the Bible a fair chance to see if it agreed with what Paul was preaching to them. To prove whether these things were so. These are key verses to learn and study. Let's go to Romans 15. Romans 15, so Paul now bases all his teachings on the book of the law, as well as all the rest of the Hebrew Bible: the law, the prophets, and the writings. And this is what Paul says, among many things, about the, the Hebrew Bible. Romans 15. Verse 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. We cannot cast aside the Hebrew Bible and claim that we really understand the message of Christ and the apostles. Paul says these things are written for our learning, for our instruction, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures gives us hope. Gives us great hope for the future. Paul says, read that book. Read that book, you need it. So let's take a look at an example of a young man, a young protege of Paul, who traveled with him, that Paul tutored at his side, so to speak, on their many journeys. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy 2. Verse 15, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now I know the New King James has rephrased that first word, be diligent, and that is the sense of spudazo, the Greek word to give diligence, but the reason the King James used the word study it has reference to Bible study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. The zealous, careful use of the scriptures will show yourself approved to God and work with that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's clearly in the context of the word of truth, God's Bible. You have to learn to handle the word of truth with accuracy. And the only way to do that is to know what it says. And there are keys to knowing what it says. Reading through, as I will elaborate on in a minute. Let's go to chapter three, verse fifteen. Chapter three, Second Timothy three, verse fifteen. Paul, speaking to Timothy, said, "And that from a child you have known the holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God." And is profitable for four things: for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. Timothy had been taught this from a child. Who taught him? Any ideas? John. His mother. His mother and one other. Another predecessor. Rebecca? Grandmother. grandmother. Chapter 1, verse 5. When I called remembrance the unfeigned faith that was in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in you also. They were apparently converted on Paul's first journey through their territory, and Timothy, still a young man, and those mother, mother and grandmother, taught Timothy. Timothy's father was a Greek, may have been dead by this point, But they emphasized the Bible to this young man. That is what prepared Timothy for the travels he would make with Paul. He had a biblical background, and God could use him as a result. So when we look at, back in chapter 3, in verse 15, these are holy scriptures, sacred, that which is consecrated to God. That's why it's called the Holy Bible, which are able or have the power to make you wise to salvation. If you want to know the the plan of God, the salvation plan, what did Timothy have to study as a boy? There weren't no New Testament books. The only books were the Hebrew Bible. And mom and Grandmom taught him the plan of salvation from the Hebrew Bible. That's why we have an Old Testament survey class. And Paul goes on, those scriptures... Were given by, by, breathed out by God's inspiration. Theophustos, In Greek, God breathed them out. So they are expired, not inspired. <laughs> they were expired. God breathed them out. That's the sense of the Greek. And is profitable for doctrine, to teach, for reproof, to convict, for correction, and for instruction, training. That the man or woman of God may be perfect able to meet all demands perfectly fit for life thoroughly furnished to all good works all right so this has given us a good basis so one more verse hebrews 4 verse 12 doesn't matter what part of the bible you're reading and one of the things i ask the students to do today when they ended their presentation to give us the lessons from that person's life what can we learn from that person hebrews 4:12. For the word of God is quick, it's living, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to a dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 And when you read the Bible, it's going to reach inside you like nothing else will. And you've got to be honest with yourself when you discover what it says about you, but also the hope that it gives you for the future. All right, so I'm going to give you five Bible study methods to help you in your study. This comes from an article which I got off the Internet. And number one is to read the Bible through. Read the Bible through. When I was a student... In an ambassador college, Brickerwood, Mr. Raymond F. McNair, Mr. Charles McNair's uncle, now deceased, promoted (laughs) reading the entire Bible through in a year. I'm curious, how many of you have ever read the entire Bible through? All right, thank you. I'm glad you have. For others who haven't, let me give you this challenge. And I want to show you some ways you can do it. Even just 15, 20 minutes a day is all it takes. Every day, faithfully, over a year's time, you can get through the whole Bible. And I'll give you some ideas on how to do that. So you are young, you still have time, and I hope you'll make it a habit. And I'm going through the Bible again myself for my daily Bible reading. So, when my wife and I were first sent to Winnipeg, Manitoba... Our first winter, I wanted to give the church a challenge to do this very thing, to read through the entire Bible in the year. So she and I put together a Bible reading list. There are many Bible reading plans, and I'll show you some, <clears throat> but this one is a little different in that each set of chapters is a reading for one week. You know how it is in the week's time. You have busy days and less busy days. So you were given for the first week, Genesis 1 to 15. So in a week, you can read those chapters, and the next week, you read 16 to 33, and you go right through the whole list, and also we laid it out so that we go through the order of books, as they are in the Hebrew Bible, and New Testament order, as we believe the sacred order originally was. So we published that, and so we had the Winnipeg Church working on that project over that entire year, and I got many compliments for the fact that people had never done that before, but how much they learned by doing that. And in years later, I've done that again in my churches and I got people coming back and said how much they enjoy doing it. Well, I gave this out at the feast in Navarre, Florida a few years ago, gave them that challenge. And Mr. and Mrs. Davy Crockett, one of our ministers, Ms. White, took the challenge. And one year later, I heard from them. They finished that project. They read through the entire Bible. And they expressed to me by email how much it meant to them. The beauty of this kind of a plan, you can start any time of the year. What I was encouraging to do it from Feast of Tabernacles to Feast of Tabernacles. Other plans I will show you. Again, you could start any time of the year and get through them. So read the Bible from cover to cover, in which you will grasp the entire span of Bible teaching uh, in that year's time. For example, the book of Hebrews. How could you ever understand the meaning of that book without knowing what? What do you have to know to understand Hebrews? Anybody? Jonathan? The history of previous um, heroes of faith? Yeah. Hebrews 11, the heroes of faith. What else do we have in that book? You Um, you have to understand the Gospels because it talks about our faith. Um, You have to to understand the Gospels, yes, because that obviously came before Hebrews. We've got the Melchizedek priesthood, which is a heavy emphasis in the book, and uh, other things about the sacrificial system, the tabernacle. All that is in Hebrews, and that goes back to the Hebrew Bible. So these are Hebrews. These are Jews to whom Paul wrote. They were familiar with these teachings because they had learned them in synagogue. All right, so let me show you some reading plans to go through the Bible in a year. All my students know I promote Blue Letter Bible website, not only because it has excellent resources online, and you can uh, use them in your papers, and also gives you the citation, how to cite that in your works cited page. You can't get it any easier than that. But they also publish Bible reading plans. Here is one straight through. You start in Genesis, and at the end of the year, you finish in Revelation 22. Straight through. That's one plan. Some people like that. That's one idea. It's not the only, though. This one is reading the Old and the New <coughs> Testament simultaneously. So if you want to break it up a bit, You read Genesis 1 to 3, you also read Matthew 1, the same day, to break it up, have a variety. And by the end of the year, again, you go through Malachi 1 to 4 and Revelation 22. You finish the Bible, both testaments at once, in a year's time. This one, this plan reads through the Old Testament once, and the New Testament twice in a calendar year. You want to be more ambitious? Really get to focus on the New Testament twice. That's a plan for you. So you can download these and print them, stick them in your Bible, and away you go. I printed one of every every type. Now this one, if you want a slower pace, let's say because you've got OTS and Gospels and other classes to read as well, two-year plan. I did this one time. So you go slower, you break it up over two years, but you're still going through the whole Bible. All 66 books. Two year plan. Next one. Chronological. Now, here's the way it's described. These readings are compiled according to recent historical research, taking into account the order in which the recorded events actually occurred. This is a fantastic plan to follow if you wish to add historical context to your reading to the Bible. It's a one-year plan. So you start in Genesis 1, and you go up to Genesis 11. And all of a sudden, you have a break, and you go into the book of Job. Hmm. Why would you do that, You suppose? Because um according to historical evidence, I believe that the sacrificial system, how Job did his own sacrifices, it's usually said that Job came around the time during Genesis. Yeah. Or shortly after. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint just when Job lived, but there are indicators that he was in the time of the patriarchs. So this is where they insert the book of Job. So you read that, then you're back in Genesis. You go through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then you come down to 1 Samuel 18, and all of a sudden you start reading psalms. Why would that be? OTS students. Rebecca? Oh, well, many of the psalms were written by um, King David. Yeah. And other right. So it starts working on some of the psalms that have historical references in the introduction to the accounts back in the historical books. So you can better understand that psalm in its context, right? We, ass- we faculty emphasize context, Bible reading context. Jonathan? Uh, the psalms were written by uh, actually several different people. Like um, some right. were written during the judge's time. Do you read some of the psalms during the judge's portion? They break it up all through that reading, but it starts there in the historical books. All right, so then it, you go through some more assemblies and a whole set of psalms. Again, we have to estimate when these psalms may have been written. They are estimates sometimes. Then, First and Second Chronicles, more psalms. Then we go right through the rest of the Old Testament. Second Chronicles, Psalm 72. Then, Song of Solomon. We're now in the time period of Solomon. So you read that book. His wonderful love story, the Song of Solomon. Then you go through Proverbs. Again, the era of Solomon. These are... Proverbs he collected. 1 Kings 9, Proverbs, Obadiah, Isaiah. And this would be a handy chart for you to have, especially in your OTS class, to see how they correspond. Nehemiah includes some of the Psalms, Malachi. And then all of a sudden from Malachi, you jump into Luke 1 and John 1. Right from the Gospels class, this is where it all starts. In the beginning was the Word, right? John 1. And then Luke goes right into how he researched, probably talked to Mary. He went to the eyewitnesses to get the account for Theophilus of the birth of Christ. You go down through the New Testament books, and in Acts 13 and 14, all of a sudden after that, you read the book of James, one of the general epistles. Why? Because in chapter 15, James, the same man is the host of, of the first ministerial conference. And his is one of the earliest books. So you read his book right there at that time period in the book of Acts. And then you get to Acts 18 and 19, and you break off and you read Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Because in the book of Acts series, that's where it occurs. Acts actually says, they went to Corinth. And during that time, he's writing to them. So that's the way it goes through for the chronological reading, right through the entire Bible. If you want to do that? This is a fascinating way to read the Bible through in here. I've done it more than once, I think. All right, this one is the historical plan. It's a little bit similar to the chronological plan, but it goes by when the books are suggested having been, been written chronologically. So you can compare that as you wish to the others. And let's see. Another one. The blended plan. Now this one, if you want to read some old, some new, but not necessarily in any order, just for the sake of variety, that's the plan for you. You read Genesis 1 to 3 and Romans 1. Not particularly related, but just for the sake of variety. You can go back and forth throughout the entire Bible, and in a year's time, again, you've finished it. All right, so that... It's all on the Blue Letter Bible website for you. One way to read through the Bible in a year is to read straight through. Number two, second way, book studies. Book studies. When you become interested in a certain book, to study in depth, you need an overview first. You need to find out from sources a number of things that will introduce you to that study. And what are those questions? What are the questions you have to solve to really understand the book? I've mentioned this in class a few times. Something that we learned in our literature classes in high school. Who? Who wrote the book? To whom does he write? What does he write? When does he write? Where is he when he writes it? Why does he write it? How does he write it? What genre? Is it narrative? Is it poetry? Is it proverb? Is it parable? What's the literature style for that book? So you need to answer those questions in order to really grasp the meaning of the book. That, students, is why I cover books in introductions as I do for OTS. Because when you answer these questions and you start launching into reading it, which you do in every class, you have a better grasp of what to expect. And put things, put these pieces of the puzzle together to understand what's happening, who the author of, was, who the, what are the general themes, what the, what's a quick overview of the stories. And I urge you, take notes. Keep a notebook, either an actual notebook or a digital notebook, and uh, take notes as you work your way through it. Third category, third idea: chapter studies. Chapter studies. Many chapters in the Bible have great meaning. Some are critical passages to help unlock truths in other chapters of the Bible, even other books of the Bible. For example, what is? can you think of a favorite chapter of the Bible you enjoy reading on a regular basis? Any come to mind? Rebecca? Ephesians 6? Yeah, what's in that chapter? The Armor of God. Yes, Armor of God. About the famous love chapter. That's one of my favorites of people. What chapter is that? Colin? 1 right. That's to enable us to live a proper Christian life. But when you study a chapter, it's important to put it in this context. How does it fit with the chapter before? How does it fit with the chapter after? Context, again, to understand these. Well, some other popular chapters people like to read Genesis 1. Creation. Creation story. Very stirring story. Genesis 37. Joseph's coat of many colors. Kids love that story. Uh, Exodus 20. What's in Exodus 20? Take commandments. Take commandments. And also in Deuteronomy? Five. Five. Right. Two chapters. Then Daniel 3. What's in Daniel 3? Story. Nana? The, the empires are listed. that's in chapter 2 but in chapter 3 Daniel and his three friends are confronted with this eating of the king's delicacies and how God works it out then Daniel 6, Daniel and the lion's den another popular chapter for kids then we come to the New Testament Luke 2 uh, the birth of Jesus um, then we have um, John 1, uh, the pre-existence of Christ Hebrews 11 the faith chapter Acts 9 Paul's conversion, 1 Samuel 17, David and Goliath, right? And then Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 119, which we sampled earlier, the law. Acts 2, Pentecost, 1 Corinthians 15. What's that about? 1 Corinthians 15. Rebecca. Isn't that the resurrection? Right, see, former students. She's still got this up here. That's what you want to get, those of you who are still learning. So to do a proper chapter study, you have to study it in its context. All right, so um, let's go on to number four, biographical studies. Biographical studies. We had our presentations in OTS today. Over the past few years I've been here, I've been giving a sermon series of biographies. I started with Ruth. Ruth, it was over the uh, brick weekend, and it was, I had to Sabbath a sermon that day, and I told the story of Ruth. It was Pentecost era, and so it relates to the Pentecost story as well. Then I gave one about Paul, that Benjamin wolf, From a Wolf to a Sheep, I think is the title. And all these are online. They're in the sermon list on our website in case you're interested. I gave a split sermon on Barnabas, uh, the comforter, the encourager, uh, the son of uh, comfort, the son of encouragement, Barnabas, who really promotes Paul at a delicate time in Paul's life. And then what I did on um, Hannah, which you heard a few weeks ago is here, and then Josiah, King Josiah, the young reformer, which I say was also published. One I gave us a split sermon on Onesimus, Onesimus, the runaway slave. And the latest one I'm now giving in different churches on Timothy. Timothy and how Paul prepared him for a leadership role. So pick a person and study that person right through. You can use a concordance, um, use topical Bibles. It will help you pinpoint all the locations where that person's mentioned. But you have to remember as well that when you come to our New Testament, sometimes their name is a little different than the way it's phrased in the Old Testament. For example, who is Elias in our New Testament? Elijah. Elijah. You see in Hebrews, Elia, or Elijah in English, but in Greek, El- Elias. And also, James. You know what another version of the name James is? It's a very popular Hebrew mm-hmm. name. This stumps students most, most times it seems. A historical connection. No? Okay. James is another version of Jacob, Jacob. And in the English history, the Jacobite rebellions had to do with King James. So when you read the book of James, actually his name was Jacob. It's just a big variation of that name. Alright, last example. Topical studies. Topical studies. Where you want to study a particular topic of the Bible for example you could do from Hebrews 6 the seven foundational doctrines of the church now Paul mentions perfection first but he says add on to your understanding of perfection repentance and faith and baptisms plural why does he say baptisms find out laying on of hands resurrection of the dead eternal judgment seven you could pick each of these as a word and go through a topical resource. There are such things. They're called topical Bibles or topical textbooks. <clears throat> Hitchcock's Analysis is one. Hitchcock's Analysis. Knave Study Bible and Knave Topical Bible. An author named Nave produced this. And so you could pick that word and go through all the references in the Bible where that word occurs. Then uh, Torrey's topical textbook. And by the way, some of these are available in Blue Letter Bible or an ESWORD, free Bible software programs. And uh, another one is uh, Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. One of my favorite tools. It's a cross-reference tool. Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. It gives you For every word or phrase of every verse of the Bible, cross-references throughout the rest of the Bible. Hundreds of thousands of references. Then it was revised by a gentleman several years ago. The new topical textbook, the original was in the 1700s. This one has 600,000 cross-references. So you're never going to tire. You're never going to run out of material to study in the Bible. When I was in Winnipeg for two years, the second year we served the East Church and I was transferred to Saskatchewan. The teenagers of what we called the YOU decided to give us a going away gift. And this was it. Thompson Chain Reference Bible. One of my favorite study Bibles. It does not give you a lot of Hebrew and Greek or a lot of commentary. But what it does, you have the two columns of your Bible text. This is the book of Habakkuk. And in the margins, every verse is broken into topics. What topics is the author talking about? Not only do you have a topic name, you have a topic number, an ID number, code number. And then you can go to the back, look up that topic number, and they're all there in one place for you. Even, in many cases, actually written out the entire verse. So you could do a topical study with a reference source like that. We have some in our library. Take a look. Thompson Chain Reference Bible. So you could study topics like faith, covenant, grace, law, baptism, etc. on your own. These would make fascinating uh, Sabbath morning studies before services. Again, let me urge you to keep notes. Keep notes as you're going through uh, your study. So, that's what I want to present to you. Now let me open it up for questions or uh, any discussion. Well, I could start off by saying, what is your favorite way of doing Bible study? Any of those five or something else? Anybody? What do you like to do? Tressy?
0: Um, I like to do the, the biographical
1: or the um, character studies. Biographical. Biographical. Right. Very good. They are fascinating. You really get to know those people well when you study them thoroughly. What else? You? I like to do the topical um, studies because you can take something, you can find a topic that kind of re- applies to your life right now. Yes, yeah. yes, because we identify with these people. We realize how human they were. They had good points and they had bad points. All right. thanks. So what tool do you use for a topical study personally? Use file, we use like concordance. Um, That's one way you do it, yeah. Just search a all them. Alright, very good. Who else? Colin? Um I like to read the Bible through. I haven't actually ever gotten all the way through because I get usually about the Psalms and then forget what I read, so I go back to Genesis. <laughs> to Someday you gotta get through the whole thing. <laughs> so keep going. Well, well thank you. Anybody else? Favorite Bible reading study, Bible study plan? Anybody? Rebecca. Um, when I'm taking notes on a lecture or a sermon, I like to write down questions that I have Good. Time. because it's you know you can't think about it while you're listening. That's so right. You can come back to it later. You want to concentrate on the rest of that man's message, but later come yeah. back and answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Look them up. <laughs> right i hope that you will take notes and services and that you will go back and review them because those notes do no good in a notebook on your shelf 20 30 40 years from now so go back review them mark your bibles we're always urged in Ambassador college to mark your bible don't be afraid to mark it up colors put in your your personal notes to help you understand that text next time you come back. And don't be afraid to edit your notes later if you discover something new you didn't know the first time and you say, Why why did I ever write that? Mm-hmm. My original ambassador of Bible, I see that frequently. Why did they ever say the same thing I already said in the text? But <laughs> it was to help me find it quickly on test. That's what I did. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Can you um, in terms of taking notes, do you some do you sometimes edit your notes while you're listening to the lecture? To a lecture by somebody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You Because I have a certain frame of thinking on it, and all of a sudden I've learned something, so i take out words, put in words, yeah, save it, just like a computer. <laughs> I hope. Anybody else have a comment? Any more discussion from our other faculty? Any comments? Mr. McNair.
0: One thing with the Blue Letter Bible that's really helpful is uh, going through the Bible but using the app, so you can actually yes. uh, click on it and has, yep. it keeps track of it as you go as yep. you go through the year and aware of it. So it's very yeah, neat.
1: and you can put notes, which is saved online in the cloud. Yeah, it's really handy. Anything else? All right, I have two things for you. One, take home a copy of my schedule. I need to to two volunteers. Could you? Pass these around and bring back the leftovers to me. Two appointed volunteers. <laughs> We have one? I hope you put it to good use sometime. Like I said, you can start any time of the year for that. Second thing I have for you whenever I give an assembly, my loving wife prepares for the students, starving students, a little takeaway gift. We have over here two bins of muffins. We have gluten-free, and we have regular. <clears throat> so please come on up and take your muffin, Enjoy it over lunch or whatever. And that's it. Any other final questions, Mr. Biner, final matters? All right, that's it. Frank, thank you for that. I'm really looking forward to doing the chronological study. And yeah, right. I, mean, I, I gained just, a uh, lot from that. I was able to put people... In